This is Adj McGinty, and you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate. Enjoy. And he's going to score Bristol's third oh, try. What a but what try. great oh, play fantastic. by Augustine Pichot. <laughs> and Bristol have made a bit of history, winning the European Challenge Cup for the first time ever. And Bristol have won. They won the local derby. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. With two and a half season card holders at Ashton Gate, we love the club, the game and all things Bears. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Miles Lee and controversially still the Christmas tree. And Lee, it's gone past 12th night. You know that's bad luck. Yeah, but in Withywood we don't like to count. So uh, we can't go past <laughs> can't maybe count. nine or ten. So I'm safe, Pete. And to be fair, I mean, it's, it's, there is an argument to say if you just keep it up all year, you can like just all you got to do is turn the lights off, and then when you get to November, just turn the lights oh, on. Well, funny you should say that because see the little decoration there that I've done the little Christmas tree yeah. in, the, in the snow spray. That was done last Christmas. Is it permanent? And it's still there now. That is good. Well, it's efficiency. I mean, cost of living crisis and all that sort of thing. cost effective. But anyway, so Christmas tree is still with us. But boys, um, I mean, if the Christmas tree could talk... Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. Well, let Miles explain this Well, hang on a minute. I I had a bit of a grievance against the Christmas tree still being (laughs) here when I first came in Lee's pad and tried to push the thing over. And kill it, and you know, and the looks I got from Lee, oh, you should have seen well, we, it. We should, yeah, it's we still should standing. say, it's this, still standing. this is a family heirloom, you know, yeah. my, 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 my <laughs> dearest mother, before she passed away, gave me this tree, and Miles is racking it around my lounge, did so. You, the, you added the snow, snow spray, did you? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, mate. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, come on. It's not a podcast about Christmas trees, no, is it? Or slating me. No. But more importantly, I think this is a podcast about baking humble pie, isn't it, lads? Because what a difference a week makes. Yes. I mean, this is also unprecedented. This is the second midweek pod we've done in a row yeah. in the history of our podcast. Again, a bit like the bins, you know, they never get back into routine <laughs> after Christmas. Still and, not, no. And, and we are the same. So we couldn't do it on Sunday. We couldn't do it last night for various reasons. So this was the first night we could do it. Um, so last week... Uh, I mean, we, we did get a bit deep and a bit doom-laden last <laughs> we week. Did, we we, we got on a bit of a rant, um, but I think rightly so, because although I wasn't there, I was listening to it on the radio. Did I mention I went to Australia over <laughs> Christmas? Um, Once or twice. Yeah, but it was a pretty <laughs> dire night at the gate. And I think whilst in hindsight, both the Post article and our podcast mm. was fairly dark... I think we did get quite a lot of feedback from people that seemed to kind of agree with us as well. But I think we did it in a in a fairly balanced negative way. I think we did, and uh, to be honest, last week I think there was a lot lot of people. Uh, there was a lot of people a lot darker than we were. So I think so. I think we did. But the thing is, that's you know, we every week we express our feelings, and yeah, last week we were feeling pretty rubbish, weren't yeah, we, after the yeah. Chiefs game with with good reason. And this week we're feeling amazing. We and are. I think collectively we're all happy to eat humble pie. Yeah. And after that performance itself. It is a pleasure. I mean, I re-listened to the podcast Walking to Work this week and then realised really how negative I was about the Chiefs game. But then, you know, there was a caveat at the end, wasn't there, that we love the club, love what they do, and we will pat them on the back when things go right. And I'm sure this week we will. And as some yeah. of our hardcore... Twitter followers will know that I did actually tweet out a soundbite mid during over the weekend where I had said I know I just know what they're going to do 
is they're going to come back and bite us and make it look stupid and then go and win at sale. We did say And we'll that, have to we? eat humble yeah. pie. So we kind of predicted it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> what I like to think is that, that we, made, we made that happen. Same, well, it, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because, uh, you know, we, we listened to Pat Lamb talk you know, after the sale game and he was saying about Chiefs and how he was very desperately unhappy at the end of that game, yes, wasn't he? Yeah. And it was nice for him to, to come out and give us, give us that bit of honesty. And because I think we were all feeling the same. And, the, and part of my, my kind of uh, thought process on the... The post article last week after Chiefs was just give us a bit of honesty, and I think that was the thing. He came out and he said, "Look, we were really upset after the Chiefs game, and that's what I wanted. I just wanted mm. a little bit of honesty, and you know, just say, look, we 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 got it wrong. You know, collectively we got it wrong. It wasn't just the players; it was the management as well. Because you know, we didn't we didn't implement the game plan, um, and." And that was nice to hear, and I fully respect that, and I and I appreciate the the honesty that he gave I, us. I mean, I, he didn't quite go far as saying that he was the, in the wrong. He just said he I was, was in the wrong. I was bitterly disappointed. <laughs> now, you could argue he didn't quite clarify who he was bitterly disappointed with. Either he was bitterly disappointed with himself, or he was bitterly disappointed with the players for not doing as he told them. Or he said I was a bit annoyed, and I think they cut out. Because I picked up the post on Monday morning. <laughs> and, he was and I know disappointed that, with Lee's article. I know, and the I think the reason, I mean, I know you've turned your phone off all week, Lee, <laughs> haven't you? So I do wonder whether the reason Pat the, had to say this live on TNT, because it was the only way that he could get the message across to you, <laughs> yeah. that he was very disappointed about what had happened and he, you know, he wanted to get that to you. But anyway, joking aside. We should clarify that yeah. I've since done a, a this week's post article, yeah. didn't I? You did. And, you know, and I think you know again. It was it was praising the team, but it was the ca- the caveat was still, and we're still using that word. I know. And you even you even wrote it in the post. It's, it's been, been published that word, hasn't yes. it? Yes. And, and I think oh, for yes. once it's allowed. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, and it and it was basically saying that as great a performance as it was, as fantastic a win, that's an, um, a sell unbeaten at home 15 months, right? And I mean, that's full credit to the way we, we played and performed. But, and there is still a button there for me, we need to do that consistently now. This can't be a one-off. We can't every, like once every six weeks, applaud the team and then, you know, the other five weeks be full of dread and woe and, you know just feel dismal again so you know let's let's as great as that was let's keep it going now and you know we're not going to win every game like i said but at least let's let's give it a go let's let's get that game plan back into fruition again well i think nicely said Lee. i mean that's why we're here this is why we, we we set this pod up to talk about stuff like this and 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 try and figure out how we feel about stuff trying to analyze it best we can and then then talk about the next one but um what I thought I'd do, because I thought, you know, we got back into the swing of things, I sent out another uh, another request for short, sharp summaries. Mm-hmm. But this time, uh, on Twitter, I should say, but this time I tried to keep it quite specific. And I said, I've got three questions for people. Uh, what was the difference between the two two games? Yeah. Why does the system work one week and not another? Yeah. And then, is this a turning point? 
which you know is a bit of a general one. So I thought, you know, um, we got on. We've now I've realised we've got a few regulars. Yeah, that, that, and we love we and, love the feedback. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and I, I I'm not going to read theirs out because we've done it before. But the the Hambly br- brothers are they brothers or cousins? Co- brothers, brothers. I think, yeah, they're now trying to outdo themselves in the style of bullet pointing that they do. <laughs> so, each other. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to read what they've done, just go and find that my short sharp summaries tweet, and you can read their replies. But but I should say thank you to them for for getting involved and what they say is very good but we did have a couple of newbies and a couple of returners that haven't been read out mm, before and I, yeah. you know, I'm a very I'm all for inclusivity as best yes, I can absolutely so my first uh, first one I'm going to read out was um, Mr Daniel Ronnie and actually when I look at his Twitter feed he's a drama teacher Oh, and, uh, okay. yeah, and I thought, well, he's a fellow. Are you going to do it in a dramatic voice? No, he's a, I, I mean, I'd be fascinated <laughs> to know. You know, it's quite funny when you see I people. What you should do is reply in a Shakespearean yeah. sort of. Uh, <laughs> you just start wondering what these people's lives are. You know what they do for a living. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, so it's interesting. But anyway, Mr. Daniel Ronnie. I mean, I like the fact he's called Mr. Daniel Ronnie. Yeah. It's very formal, isn't it? I mean, I have this image of him wearing a kind of. A mortarboard, and, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. And I always love when people have two Christian names as well. Yeah, yeah, Daniel, Ronnie, like George Michael. Yeah, yeah, the classic. Uh, Trying to think of some others. But, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, anyway, let's not go there. That's another pod. Yes. Right. So anyway, Mr. Daniel Ronnie, drama teacher. The difference was Jimmy Williams. He was everywhere. He adds a kicking game at twelve and works so hard around the pitch. He has been missed massively in the centre this season. He's not a big name, but I hope Pat sees his worth after this game. Now, good show. Mm, I also great. I did actually pull him up on something because oh, what, as a teacher, grammar. Oh. he called he wrote Jimmy Williams with a small J and a small W. <laughs> oh. So I replied saying I think he deserves capital letters, meaning just spell his name wrong. <laughs> he replied. Jimmy Williams with all capital letters so we got the wrong thing anyway Daniel great comment and I think that's probably something that a lot of fans will echo and we may talk about that in a minute okay second person um New, uh, oh yeah Richard Morse I think we've had Richard Morse on before yeah. but again his very his quick comment was his, his short sharp summary was Josh Caulfield um he then kind of he's bigging up Josh Caulfield mm. and then he says a proper abrasive lump <laughs> which is a bit disgusting <laughs> But a proper abrasive lump of aggression in the second row. Old school power and bulk. Jimmy Williams and BJVR. uh, A superb combo. Max, Noah and Gab's excellent. Everyone seemed, quote, up for it. So I think some really good points there. But yeah, yeah, Josh Caulfield. You know, I mean, I Mm. think he's been showing that a lot Mm. this season. And uh, we've always said we need a big lump in a nice way to to kind of counterbalance uh, Joe Batley. Um, who else we got? Um, we've got... Oh, yeah, I'll go past the Hambleys. Um, we've got... Uh, I think I'll go to Alistair Stephen. Yeah. Um, sometimes oh, quiet. Yeah, oh, and then cool. he comes back in again. And, and he's the sort of bloke that I think... He waits. When he says something, I listen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he says something, it means Before something. you're going to see, he comes back like COVID. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not, that's not like the pupils at your I mean, school, though, is it, Pete? No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Alistair Stephen, he's the voice of reason. He's, he's been around the block, I can tell this. He said, let's wait and see. Mm. Yeah, okay. Kind of saying what you said yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, got all excited about what we did to Saints and Quinns last season. Mm-hmm. Then a massive fizzle out to the end of another damp squib of the season. This week's difference... Rucking and speed of ruck, so voice of reason. He's right. We've been here before, yeah. but he noticed, and I agree with him. We were we the collisions. We were winning the collisions. We were the ruck speed, yeah. and as soon as you get front football, 
then you could unleash the bass. It was almost how I was expecting Cell to play against yeah. us. Well, yeah, we'll, come, we'll talk about yeah. that. But we'll actually, linked that. to that, another sort of long-standing interactor of the pod, um, Mark Johnson, and he... I saw him say this on several forums, so I thought I'd better read this out. Um, he said the offside, line, the offside line was penalised early on by the officials. This led to hesitation in the sale rush defence. In the Chiefs game, they were standing next to our back line by the time the ball got there. We exploited it well and were really up for it. But for me, this was a major difference. Now, yeah. it makes a good point mm-hmm. that we may come back to that. Um, and then finally, a couple more. Um, two people that I don't think we've had before. We've got Matthew Addison um, at Madison Photo. That's good. Mm. Um, Different seemed to be the license to play quickly and with ball in hand. Our centres got the ball, which they didn't get against Exeter, and ran hard lines into spaces. AJ at 10 makes a massive difference too. Then we've got another Lee, who's got... He's a Bristol City fan as well. We've got a bit of crossover. He definitely kept it short and sharp. He said the biggest difference is easily having McGinty available. Changes how we play. Mm. Short and sharp. I like that. Yeah, good, good. I haven't got my glasses, but that looks like maybe oh, for Mara, is it? I think it is pretty fun. Oh no, yeah. it's Jet. All ah, right, okay. Yeah, Jane Daniel Thomas, yeah. good boy. And then finally, last one, Jane Hewson. I think we've had Jane before. Another very, very short, sharp summary. She says to my questions, honestly, don't know. Mm. <laughs> She's honest, though. She's honest. Honest. I always said to my students, don't be afraid if you don't know. Just ask the question, well, you'll learn something. That sounds like Miles every yeah. week on the pod. <laughs> That's what we say to Miles, just keep personal. Ask the questions. It, it, will come. it will come eventually. But anyway, Jane says, honestly don't know, but then she says, it just felt like a more grittier por- grittier performance yeah. with fire. Yeah. yeah. Fire emoji. So I, love it. I think yeah. I think some good short, sharp summary summaries from the fans there. Um, and I think, you know, plenty of things for us to talk about. But boys, I almost forgot. Because it was an away game and we couldn't go, no. we had to deploy yet another secret spy. Or assassins. And it was our big mate, Simon Stone. Yes. Stone. And it wasn't we, so secret. Well, <laughs> was yeah, Miles tweeted out said, we've sent our secret spy with a pic, because he got on telly he did. waving the flag after our <laughs> try just after half time. And Miles tweeted out our secret spy. And I mean, it wasn't that secret, no. was it? Because he's, he's, you know, he'll say he's a big presence. And he's, he had a big a big, unit. he's a big unit. He's a big unit. Big, a big flag. flag and a big coat. But anyway, yeah. um, Simon very kindly also had been commissioned as a yet another roving reporter and he didn't do it I think he had a few beers on that night so he waited until Saturday and he sent us through this report um, which we'll listen to now Hello there Bears Beyond the Gate Uh, thanks for your message and yeah here's a little bit of a review from uh, my point of view first of all I don't think I was much of a good spy uh, behind enemy lines Um, from what I've got on my phone I seem to have been seen Uh, there you go um, review of the game then. So it was a gritty affair. Um, both teams setting their stall out. It seemed to be by defence. Um, and I would credit Bristol Bears for their defensive outlook with some of their big powerhouses uh, that Sell Sharks had. And although they didn't have everybody there, um, I think the team held out well. Um, and I was celebrating some of the defensive uh, moves and, um, you know, I think some of the pressure and mistakes made by South Sharks were brought upon our defence. Also, some of the substitutes that came on uh, when uh, towards the end of the game, they also stood firm and held out for a gritty win. So, uh, fair play to the Bears. Um, on the negatives, on the day, I felt as if the game 
uh, was being played the Bears' way. Um, you know, we're 14 nil up after a well-worked try by Randall and a bit of skill from a knockdown by Gabriel. Uh, I still feel as if we're playing outside the 20, trying to play out from the 22 when maybe um, we should uh, clear our lines. That said, looking at it on the telly when I got home, it didn't look as much as that as when you're in the stands. Uh, negatives, really. I think some of the kicking was pretty bad, um, but that can be shown from both sides. Um, so, like, Gabrielle's um, try was from some loose kicking. And we also got Harry Randall's, although he was um, injured um, with some sort of rib or back problem. Uh, again, he got knocked down, uh, charged down, and Hill went over and scored. Also on the defence, we just got to talk about uh, one of the try-saving tackles. There's still questionable whether it was Max Malins or it was Williams. Um or it was Howard's. Uh, we don't know. Um, even when I watched it back on the telly, I wasn't sure. On the day, I thought it was Max Malin's covering tackle. But uh, still, some great defence work. And that's what should be celebrated from the uh, game. Negatives, as I said, we got that kick in. And the Bears really still seem to be wanting to play the Bears way out with the 22. When you're winning 14-0, I don't know if that's the right way to play the game. Uh, but I'm not a coach. And that's just my view as a fan. Uh, three players to note um, I thought did really well uh, first of all the hooker Gabrielle in for Harry Thacker as he's out on a HIA if you look at the uh, type of quality he was up against so you've got Luke Cowan Dickey uh, soon to or looking like to be picked in the England squad and obviously we know him from years of Exeter <clears throat> quality unit and also, he was up against Creevy towards the end, the last 15, 20 minutes. Now, I'm not too sure where he came from. I'd have to check with my mate, Nessie, because um, she's an expert when it comes to London Irish. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's where Creevy came from, out of London Irish and Argentinian, obviously, uh, hooker. So he stood up well if you face um, those two sort of quality opponents. Uh, another mention for James Williams in the middle. Um, for, uh, first centre again uh, a star in waiting uh, handled himself really well if you think about their 10 uh, Dupreeze and Whites who um, both are you know outstanding uh, 10s and 12s um, again I think he stood up well and then uh, a final uh, nod would go to Marmion who obviously came in much much earlier than he would have planned and again, he was uh, strong, quick. I noticed he was comment. The commentator said that his uh, <clears throat> his plays kept us going, and the Bears kept on the front foot. So my review is a really gritty affair. Um, one on defence, and that's quite big come against one of the biggest defending teams in the league. Uh, a shock to get the away win. I was not expecting the away win. Um, and I have to say, a team performance all round and an enjoyable night. OK, well, yet again, boys, it's, it's quite embarrassing, isn't it, that all of these outside broadcast people that we get to do it do a better job than us. <laughs> yeah. You mean they go to the games? Yeah. Do you know what? It was great, though. We loved Sully, oh, don't we? Love it. Brilliant, brilliant love lad. It. I would have loved the drunken version, though, as well, mm. you know, because I think that would have, for authenticity... I thought the drunken sigh would have been great. But 
nevertheless, we got the, we got the sober one, didn't we? Yeah. We did, we did. And he made some good points. And it's quite it's always interesting to have someone at the game. It's a bit like when yeah. we go mm. to home games and then we try and remember what we've seen. You often certain things stick in your mind, don't mm. you? That, and, and you know, because you can't retain everything. Whereas when you watch it on telly and you've got the ability to to pause it and think about it, you do see the game differently. So it's really really good to get Simon's one. And I think that a couple of things that I um, put, that I thought was quite interesting was that. You know, he he didn't think our kicking game was that good. He felt there was quite a lot of kicking, mm. but we were just better than them. He, he, he mentioned the defence being absolutely solid, but then he, he he said basically everyone played well. But I think he picked up on three players that he yeah. Um, and I wrote this down, and I've not brought my it notebook. Was mailings? No, it wasn't. It was three. He said basically it was first person. He oh, it was Ogre. Yes. Ah, yes, he did. Because he said, you know, Gabriel. That was yeah. he was against. Yeah, was injured, so we had to step yeah. up. Now we've had a little bit of a, a worry that Ogre's defence hasn't been that good. Mm. I mean, in a few games, he's looked a little bit weak in the tackle, albeit very good in attack, and, and it seems like an excellent thrower. Mm. He had a very good game he against Cameron yeah, Dickey. Yeah. He also mentioned Marmion, um, which is thing which was good, and then he also mentioned. Um, Someone else, and I can't. Caulfield, as well. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. Josh Caulfield. Yeah, so, oh, and in fact, like I think uh, it wasn't, but we'll come back to it. So, anyway, a lot of things from all of our fans um, about the game. I mean, we've watched it on TV. Um, let's just have a little like round table what we thought. I mean, anything that you, we've got no particular structure on this, so let's start with you, Miles. I mean, what, what, you know, what's the first thing to come to mind? What do you want to talk about about this game? What is it performances? Was it the tactics? What, what did you like? Well, I don't know. Well, well, we know that tactics against Sale in the past have failed, haven't they? Season after season after season going up to Manchester. Uh, and it's been a really difficult hunting ground. So um, It's not been a happy hunting well, ground. Well, not happy hunting it? ground. No, we've come away, absolutely. Um, but I'm so proud of what they did on Friday night. And you're right. I cannot explain the difference in one week. Uh, the style against Exeter and another week against Sale um, the team sheet was a bit different uh, and you could argue there were some key changes in key positions that just gave us the front foot I mean we talked about uh, oh why did I say that sorry but we did uh, the centre partnership I think a lot of fans have been cock-a-hoop about the change in the centre partnership on Friday night and it just worked it clicked uh, we had McGinty Williams uh, and Van Rensburg Everything worked well. They were talking to each other brilliantly the whole match. And maybe that's all we needed. We had that same partnership, the first game of the season against Leicester, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, subsequently, we had an injury to McGinty. Williams played in different positions, and that worked. Uh, and on a Friday night, they clicked. Uh, and, and something was phenomenal about that centre partnership. And, and that just put us on the front it's quite, foot. I mean, it's interesting you say that, because after the match, Pat did say that... We played as a team, mm. and he said that at Exeter, the guys were, were out of position. So he was kind of implying that the system is there, mm. and against Exeter, they didn't they didn't do it, and they, they, they got sort of sucked into being individuals. And against Sale, they played as a team. Now, I, now he would probably argue, it, you know, that's the plan, mm -hmm. and it was their fault. I think you could argue that it's down to selection. So therefore, it does go back on his hat, his head yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and yeah. I think you've made a really good point: is that yeah. that was a, a a team that plays the system better, yes, than perhaps the team that or who was playing on the Exeter game. Now, I think 
you know, maybe, and this is speculation, <coughs> we've always talked about the fact that your key players are halfbacks in any yeah. any yeah. team because and I think, you know, with the best win of the world, AJ coming back, I wonder whether he was that like little difference and also Maybe Jimmy Williams as well, because Jimmy mm-hmm. Williams is a streetwise rugby player. Mm-hmm. He's played in the championship where, you know, you've just, you can't just let, you know, fancy Dan's in the championship. There's no individuals. You've got players team. And I just think those two maybe just marshaled things just a little bit better. Well, I'd go as far as saying, asking the question, why was Jimmy Williams dropped after, like, after Miles had said that last Leicester game? Because he was fantastic. And the only thing we, that we've collectively talked, you know, talked about off off record, was the the rushed kick, wasn't it? Yeah. The you know the week after where he missed he missed the kick at Sandy Park, so we he was, didn't get no bonus. Yeah. yeah, and I yeah, you're right. But the naughty step. You wonder maybe. whether he'd been on the naughty step. We'd also then signed Vakatower, who mm-hmm. started to show. Is it argument to say that we probably gave Big Rimmy maybe one or two games too many? Should have rotated him a little bit earlier. Well, to be fair, Miles did call that. He did say he was looking yeah. a bit lethargic, and but then he scored know, that I, world. That he scored that out of the world here at Newcastle. Yeah, but then and, it was only Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> only. difficult, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, the thing is, you. I think you've both both hit on good points there. I mean, for me, the biggest thing was the hunger mm. and the execution. That was the two things for me, and I think without. The hunger and the desire you don't you won't get that performance anyway and that was the biggest difference that I could see watching that game as opposed to the week previous and actually I think that was exemplified in another player who we haven't mentioned who doesn't get a massively good press from us mm. and that's Kyle Sinclair I yes. thought Kyle looked like a <clears throat> a player that a hungry player. Yeah, but can again. I can I just say? And I'm, Go I'm going to stick my neck out stick now. Stick it out, mm-hmm. mate. Stick but it out. Get ready for the chop. It's just funny, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just funny to me. Sinclair's playing some of the best rugby for for a long, long time, and he's playing for a new contract, possibly well, in France. That is, a, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so the cynic in me yeah. is not oh, having any of that. You know yeah. what? I think. You're right. You you very well could have that, but I think if that means he play, he's going to play well for us for for this whatever time yeah, he's we'll, got left. We'll, we'll and actually, it. I saw him interviewed the other day on something, um, and I thought he spoke quite well. I can't remember what it was. It might have been um, TV? Rug- rugby week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Canal Plus. Yeah, yeah, it's nice one, Miles. And uh, and also, we have bemoaned about. In the past, those little signing sessions at the club, we didn't think Sinks looked like he was that interested. But if I'm right in saying that one down at the College Green, he was right in the thick of it as well. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just think maybe, I mean, Sinks. We know Sinks is a, you know, has his demons maybe, or has struggled, and struggles with his emotions, and in in a good way. And maybe you know, he's just come to. To be positive, he's come to kind of terms with himself, terms with where he is in life, terms with his position as a rugby player. Mm. And I'd like to think, regardless of whether there's a cynical edge to it, that, you know, we'll get the best out of him, maybe, you know, the end. And that it can only be a good thing for everyone. OK, but I still don't think we got yeah. the money's worth. Um, but there we go. No, yeah, let's I mean, move on. Let's I move thought, on. you know, Friday, the front rows were struggling. There were quite a lot of, you know, it's Bristol penalties given that, given against. We did give away a lot of penalties. A lot of penalties yeah. against, uh, you could argue, you know, it's a sort of penalty which is annoying for yeah. fans, isn't it? A lot, lot given against Maxwell Heath, wasn't he? Hinging at the hips. Um, I mean, maybe it's his new Vespa-like sort of headgear that he's wearing, you know, it's the, he's slipping out. 
But yeah, that was disappointing, and I was going into the second half a little bit worried about our front three, and but yeah, they stabilised eventually. Yeah, they did all right, and, they, and yeah. I think our bench, you know, did a good job. And yeah, young Joe came on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was great. Do you know what? I'm. I think this is a boy for the future. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, his dad's definitely a Spurs fan as well, because I followed him on uh, Actually, talking about that, did you see somebody had put something on Twitter about you, saying, no. Bristol Bears, Bristol City, Tottenham, can you not decide which club you oh, want really? to follow? Yeah, oh, really? Okay. Like, yeah, it was one of our regulars, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I know, I, did, right I genuinely, I genuinely yeah, didn't like, see that. Yeah, no. it was quite funny. Whoever it was, remind, you'll have to get back in touch and remind us. Right. But yeah, someone had a little Okay, so, I, I, oh, so I'll clear this up yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. clear it up. And they should be having a pop at you as well. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah, Bristol, whatever, yeah. So the Tottenham thing is is a family yeah. thing. Uh, Bristol City is a family thing. My mum's side from Bristol, my dad's side from Tottenham, and uh, and obviously Bears is rugby. Yeah. But where I differ to you, I've got a little talky United in there as well what? because we used to get there on holiday. So you know, it was one of those grounds I went to when I was a kid. That's um and yeah, and American football, obviously New York Jets yeah. because East Coast. Oh, yeah, which part of New York did you grow up in? Well, it's not where I grew up, but but you got a postcard from there once. I feel an affinity because I I do love New York. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, I did once go through Buffalo on a on a coach. Oh yeah, yeah. Bills so fan, I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, and actually, you don't even know any of the rules, mate. I don't. I mean, come on. Why do you need America? Anyway, we've had this. We don't. No, let's move on. So anyway, that's. I'm glad we cleared that up in the middle of our analysis I'm, of the. I'm going to find out who yeah, was. Yeah, got to look it up. Me. Somebody did say, "Come on, Lee, get you, sort yourself out. Which team do you support?" <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, what else is there anything else to say I mean it was you know I think a lot of things said by our fans Stone has given us a good summary I think we've highlighted uh, we've highlighted you know players that played well I think we definitely played as a team I think the interesting thing actually I was going to add was that there was quite a long interview with um, before the game on TNT with Pat Sanderson and um, Pat Lamb Alex Sanderson sorry Pat's his brother the DRs and Flatman and Healy. Oh, Pat Lamb's Alex Sanderson. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Christ well, right. well, the funny thing was, Alex Sanderson said, look, Pat Lamb looks a lot better than him and he's older. So, uh, But no, the point was that they, they actually had a really nice chat. And, and it struck me that those you had Pat Lamb, Alex Sanderson, Flatman, Healy, and between them, they'd all played against each other at some points of their yeah. career. And actually, I'd kind of forgotten <clears throat> that Pat knows a lot of them from playing. He's not just some of this big DOR that's come in you know, big contract, oh, whatever. Yeah. He actually has done his yeah. he has done his tour of duty in the Premiership, and of course we know that. And they were talking a little bit about how they respected each other as players. Alexander said he always looked up to Pat as a player, as a back rower, dynamic, um, and he's always looked up to him as a coach as well. And then Pat was like a loving. It was a bit embarrassing actually. I mean, Healy popped in and said, "Oh, I've just booked your room at the Manchester," <laughs> and, and then Flatman popped in and said, "Oh, I tried to punch you, Alex, once, and I hit you, but then I came out with my hand, and you just laughed at me, and I had a bandage." So they had a bit of bandage. Anyway, the mm. point was, Pat then was asked. They brought up this stat that our, Harry Randall and Gus War have got exactly the same stats in terms of kicks and passes, and the point was made is that you both have quite different philosophies or styles but you've got you basically kick as much and why is that and and Alexander said well we play a power game and to be honest because we play a power game we kick to give our forwards a bit of a rest yeah and then Pat said well the reason we've and this was the interesting the reason we've got a kicking game is because three years ago it was the way the game started going yeah and we realized we had to follow it 
and he said there was just too much jeopardy mm. in the midfield. So, in, in other words, I think he realised it was too risky to do that running from the... Because yeah, yeah. they also running from the yeah. 22, you're drawing men, there always means you're creating space somewhere else. Yeah. But you had to make sure you didn't lose the ball. And he yeah. said, I guess what he was saying is that, you know, defences had basically worked, worked us out. out. That's yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah, so yeah, he knew yeah. that... And, of course, I suppose in hindsight, you're not going to become good at the kicking game straight away. But, obviously... So, anyway, he was saying, you know, we always felt like we had to... We had to get involved, yeah. but he said, "You know, ultimately, I don't want to. You know, you don't, I want to play good rugby." Yeah. So they then he said, "I've been thinking about this quite a lot." Pat said, "I've been I've been mulling over a rule change for this." And then before they asked him, they asked Alex Samson. He said, "Rolling subs, you know, would would mean oh, right, that yeah. I could keep my forwards. You know, yeah. maybe they yeah, would yeah, pass yeah. it a bit more because there'd be more running." And then Pat said that his rule change was that. If the ball gets kicked into your half and you catch it, you can call a mark. You have to. You can call a mark. Um, what well, anywhere? Anywhere mm. between your halfway and your twenty-two. So yeah. the mark is extended beyond the twenty-two. Yeah. But if you call a mark, you've got five seconds to either run or pass it to somebody who can then kick it. But you're not allowed to kick it back. Okay. The idea being, you're encouraging the counter attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was quite an interesting idea. I think it was. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure the trouble is that there'll be a loophole somewhere that someone will exploit because we saw that terrible Bath Gloucester game on oh, Sunday, that was ridiculous. and this ridiculous thing that you just a forward can just stand where they are, and as soon as someone tries to counterattack yeah. those five yeah. yards, they're in the game and they yeah. suddenly got a chance. So it was interesting, but it, it, I think what I'm trying to say is we have kind of said Pat's a little bit like rigid on the game plan, and we're not good enough. And actually, you know, maybe he's kind of. He's. We've got to give him some credit that it's not quite as easy to kind of yeah, do yeah. these things yeah. as we think sometimes. And he is a thinker. He's been talking about it, doing it on the training ground, um, you know. But that still doesn't excuse what happened at Exeter. Does it? That was still a <laughs> no. Shame. And I think that's that. That is, you know, a, a really good point to raise actually, Pete, because you know none of us want to see that kicking oh, nonsense, no, do no, we? No, no. And you know, if if anything anything that we can do to change. Those rules slightly would would benefit the the game. Yeah, and I think what Mark Johnson said earlier as well. I mean, if you could somehow move the offside line back a little bit, so it was yeah, there's yeah. there's daylight between yeah, yeah. the back foot. Even then, they might even they'll start pushing that. But at least if they're pushing it further back, you've still got space because yeah, you know, some it's almost like okay, maybe they're not offside, but because they're so athletic now, mm. it's too easy for them to rush to, and it, and and rush it's, it. And it's, it's too it's yeah. too easy for teams like Chiefs, you know, to 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 be right on the edge of things. And and yeah, it's a it's a great point. Yeah, well, boys, I think uh, I think we've done that. I think we've 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 baked up cooked and eaten that humble yeah. pie pretty well but yeah, we've, we've also said that you know we don't want to do this again so we don't want to do any more humble pie wow. and the only way we're not going to do any humble pie is for us not to ever have to complain about another game in the future so Absolutely. let's one little let's, uh, caveat yeah. on the uh, another caveat you yeah, can really well I can that should we have an aside an aside yeah. no I'm just thinking like, that we, we, we did say that the subs came on and played brilliantly uh, and made a massive difference but I think there's a few fans on social media, and I think me included, the fact that we didn't see some of our back, what, some of our backs come on that we felt maybe could have got our five points. We were what? We were beyond the seven point try ahead with about ten minutes to go. Yeah, they've gone um, down to thirteen. Gone down That's, to thirteen men. That is a great. And I think the point was I said to, said to the Duchess, well, "Where's Revuvu coming on? Yeah. Um, mm. Who else was left out on the bench?" 
Vatatan was on the bench, wasn't he? No, I can't remember. But would have been, you know. The Revivu, definitely. I, I feel yeah. like this chap's been brought in from Fiji. Yeah. He's been given, what, minutes here yeah. and there. And, and he's looked he, good when he's he come. He would have had fresh legs. It might have got us that five yeah. points. And I was a little bit critical of that point. The game was pretty much showing up, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and we could have got, yeah, could have used him better. So For, for those football fans out there, it, it, the worry is it's a little bit of Gareth Southgate in. Mm. A tiny, tiny yeah. bit. Well, no, Miles. Anyway, so really hope to, you know, maybe we we'll hope to see a lot more minutes uh, in future yeah. matches. I mean, we a, certainly haven't seen his potential yet, have no, we? I mean, that's that's not... a really good point, which leads us on nicely to our next game. And of course, oh, they yeah. Oh, yeah. We, had, we did have Rich Lane on the bench. No, we had Rich well. Lane. Yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. Who we know is an operator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a really good point to finish on. But that moves us nicely on to the next game. Yes. And um, they come thick and fast. We're back into Europe, and we're we're uh, well, we are um, European, entertaining not, the, the Bulls. A European side. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, South I mean, side. having said that, I mean, we do like a South African team. I mean, we have beaten a nation already. Yeah. We? We beat we them do, last we year. Have, I don't know why they keep coming back. I don't know why they're coming back. I mean, I mean, I think. I think you know it bodes well for us. <laughs> not for it? not for a sellout um, crowd this week. But, but obviously, I don't know about you boys. I mean, I don't really follow the the URC that much. It's, ah. it's hard enough just following what we do. Um, I mean, obviously, aware that the South African teams were were brought into it a couple of years ago, not without controversy. Um, and of course, I've kind of heard of the the South African teams and so on. But you know what? I thought, boys, it's time to get another expert in. A proper so, expert. A proper expert. So I, I took a bit of a gamble, actually, on Twitter. that I follow some guy called AP Rugby. Um, he, he seems to know what he's talking about. He's, he was clearly a South African um, fan. Mm-hmm. So I contacted him and, and asked him if he would be willing to, to do a little pre-recorded chat to help us kind of preview it and preview it. And, uh, yeah, he agreed. He was a really nice guy. He was called André-Pierre Cronje. Um he is London-based, but South African-born. He happened by chance to also be a massive Bulls fan as well. Mm-hmm. So he gave me a very, very informative, and I've almost got to say, boys, educational um, recording um, about um, the Bulls. And I think we could listen to that now. Okay, so I'm really, really happy to be joined by um, AP, who is uh, South African-born, uh, London-based. Um, uh, he is a, a Bulls fan, and he is now been uh, promoted to our resident South African expert. So, AP, really, really um, uh, pleased to have you on. Um, thanks very much for giving up your time uh, as we kind of preview as we preview uh, the upcoming um, Bristol versus Bulls game. But before we talk about that, I thought it'd be really nice if you could just give our listeners a little bit of a general overview about about the Bulls, you know, right down to the basics, where they're from, what their history is. And, and perhaps I think we were talking off, off air before, but there's there's a bit of a parallel with um, the way that Bristol Bears have developed as well. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on, Pete. Uh, really, really pleased to be here and, and to get a chance to chat to you guys. Um, but yeah, jumping straight into it, just to give you sort of a general background on the Bulls and, and where they're from. So for those that don't know, the Bulls are one of what could be described as South Africa's four major teams, along with the Lions, the Stormers and the Sharks. They are based in Pretoria, which is the capital of South Africa. Um, and they have a very long and storied and pretty proud history. Uh, albeit, of course, I'd say that being a Bulls fan. But they, um, yeah, they're sort of seen alongside the Stormers as being the two premier South African domestic rugby sides. Uh, and probably that trend continues until today where they are the, the best two, really. Um to sort of touch upon what you mentioned with regards to the parallels that they might have with Bristol, I think 
as we were saying, we were speaking off air about actually the Jake White Pat Lamb parallel because I think what's quite interesting is when you talk to fan bases from both sides at the moment, it's the feeling of, you know, we brought in this sort of almost maverick coach who's got these brilliant ideas and has tried to lead an attacking revolution in the way that the team plays. And that's been very effective for the first sort of first two, three seasons. But now teams have almost started to work it out and the fan base is a little bit unhappy in terms of how both sides are performing. Uh, I mean, the Bulls are sort of mid-table in the URC at the moment. Bristol obviously not performing as well this year in the Prem. So um, it, there's a lot of sort of a lot hinging on this game in many ways uh, for, for both sets of fan bases, uh, which I think makes it quite a spicy encounter outside of obviously the, you know, the occasion. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, the URC. I mean, what I, I understand they did quite well early on. I mean, when when did they join? When I actually don't know when the URC actually was created, but when did the Bulls actually join the URC? And what's their record generally been since then? So the URC is pretty much still in its infancy. I should say that the Bulls will be very proud to say that they are the only South African team to have won Super Rugby. They won Super Rugby three times, and in their heyday, 2007 to 2010 they won it three times including back-to-back 09 and 2010 and that was the era of you know Victor Matfield, Fried Priya, Bakis Puerta, you know all basically all the, the core mainstays of the Springbok team from that era were all Bulls players um, then they went into the wilderness for about 10 years and although they had a you know series of very impressive rosters you think of your Andre Pollards and you know Jesse Creel played for them and, and the host of other players they just never recaptured that success cycled through coaches every two seasons, could never really hit the heights of what their roster demanded. Then Jake White came in and that sort of coincided a year or two before the URC. The URC started two seasons ago, so into its third season currently. And in that first season, somewhat against expectations, they made it to uh, they made it to the final. It was an all-South African final and then lost to their big rivals, the Stormers, uh, in the final, which was a fairly closely contested uh, game in, in Cape Town. So, I'd say that, as I said, I mentioned it before, the Bulls are a very proud team. Um, and, you know, they'll look at that period of 2010 to about 2020 as a pretty black decade in terms of, you know, a dearth of trophies, pretty uncompetitive, struggling for an identity. Um, and they've started to hit their straps. And I think their first season, they probably overperformed expectations. First season in the URC, so 20, uh, sorry, rather 21, uh, 22. Then 22-23, I think it was that typical second season syndrome where they they sort of dropped off and never hit those heights again. And then after that, I think, you know, we as a side, all the coaches sat down and made a few alterations, brought in a heck of a lot of players and, you know, coaching personnel as well. And so we're starting to see the fruits of that in, in this later season, but uh, they're not quite there yet. Well, that's 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 really interesting, actually. I mean, we we do like to add a bit of education on our podcast, so I think <laughs> uh, a bit of modern history goes down well. Um, but it, thinking about this season, I mean, how have they how have they been getting on? I believe they only the last game they played was was the twenty third of December, so so they've had a bit of a break since then. But how have they got on in in the URC so far? And also, how do they get on in their two Champions Cup games? Well, I think what's interesting for the Bulls is that they've managed to make um, Loftus, which is their home stadium in Pretoria, an absolute fortress. I think they're unbeaten at home this season um, and they face some pretty serious sides, including a stacked Saracen side that came over and were pretty much played off the park for, I'd say, about 60, 60 minutes in that game. Um, the, I think the scoreline flatters Saris how, how that one finished. So what they've done... Well, in the URC this season is they've won all their home games and done so very, very convincingly. They currently have the highest points difference in the league. 
Um, so at home, they've been absolutely brutal. Where they've struggled is is on the road. Um, they struggle in their opening in their opening sort of salvo in the URC. They go on a four week tour. Uh, I think they managed to win two games, which was actually a fairly decent return. But and the other two were, weren't, weren't very competitive. And then obviously in their away game to Leon in the Champions Cup, they they unfortunately went down by one point there as well. So on the whole, they don't tend to travel very well and historically haven't. This season has slightly bucked the trend, but not to the extent where I'd say they'd be going into the Bristol game brimming with confidence. So, I mean, that that leads us on nicely to think about the game next Saturday. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting because it's a three o'clock kickoff at Ashton Gate. And I'm not sure there'll be a huge crowd there for, for various reasons because um, they're giving away uh, buy one get one free tickets and stuff like that at the moment for season ticket holders so it could be interesting and it is a really nice stadium and, and I we always have a suspicion that it's it, it's quite good for teams to play well at because it's quite comfortable so thinking about that I mean what sort of team do you think us Bristol Bears fans are likely to see and, and are there any I mean what names will we have heard of or or, or and likewise are there any, any kind of unheralded players that we should be more wary of perhaps so this is the million dollar question. And I have to be honest with you, it's been very, very difficult to predict what Bulls team would come out this season. Um, everyone sort of expected them to send a, a completely second string side to Lyon. And then they didn't. Or rather, players that people assumed were second string players were then selected for their, you know, grudge match against the Stormers, where they very much went, you know, all guns blazing. So it's very tricky to sort of speculate about exactly you know, what type of team's going to go out. But I'll Broadly speaking, I suppose it might be worth giving people an idea of the types of names you might have heard and you do yeah. play for the Bulls. So, I mean, people would have heard of Vili LaRue. Um, he's he's now a Bulls player as of this season. Kirtley Aronser, Kanan Moody, two of the rising stars in South Africa in the back three on the wing. Um, they they are Bulls players and I wouldn't be surprised if both or at least one of them were involved. Uh, then thinking uh, some other names, I suppose, premiership viewers would be uh, familiar with. Vilko Lowe, who played for Harlequins. Uh, he's now at the Bulls. As is Akkad van der brother of Duan, who played for Sale at Hooker. Well, yeah, we know uh, him. So, he, <laughs> so they've, they've, they've really... <laughs> They've really, uh, they've really reinforced um, their their side with a few signings on the, as I said, after after last season. That's where you had Aker, Velko, uh, Vili Larue, these types of guys come in. Um, Yuan Huerson may be familiar to some mm. to some uh, Premiership viewers who sort of he was, you know, at Montpellier for a very long period of time. So trying to guess what we're likely to see um, in terms of this weekend coming, uh, as I said, it's a bit of a fool's yeah. errand to try and to try and preempt, but. What I suspect we will see is there's some very important players for the Bulls who are lacking match time because they've been injured and were due to come back around about that Stormers game in on the 23rd of December. So will very much now be fit and probably raring to go. So that includes Captain Ron Nokia, who is very much touted as a future, um, you know, multi multi cap Springbok. He's incredibly talented. Uh, lock. Um, second rower so he he's he's a guy I'd very much say is one to look out for massive engine on him and then in the back row you've got a guy like uh Cameron Anacom, who sort of caught the headlines a lot I know that Bristol you know given its proximity to Wales that you probably get quite a lot of influx of, of Welsh fans and and yeah he's one that um is obviously Welsh qualified as well so for for the Welsh Bristol uh Bears fans that might be one of particular interest um and then, yeah, just more broadly, I think I think the, the Bulls' backline is perhaps slightly unheralded, but it's a very exciting backline. Um, at, at nine, you're almost likely to see um, probably Zach Berg or Keegan Ioannis. 
I, I mean, I, I'm, I could sort of spend all day sort of speculating with names. I yeah. think more more helpful, perhaps, is just to give you an idea of the type of rugby the Bulls play. Well, I was going to say, I mean, what's their? Do they have one sort of game plan, or are they quite adaptable? So. Well, I think this sort of touches on what I said previously. When you know, in their heyday, 07 to 2010, a team that has you know Bucky's Buerta in is you know is going to play a particular style of rugby, and they were sort of known as the bully boy um, team in South Africa. Heavily forward dominant, um, just lots and lots of uh, pick and go, sorry, pick and goes, rolling malls, set piece orientated, strong kicking game, Free de Prea is the sort of general commanding it, Mornay Stain as well. So you can imagine that type of style. In the Jake White era, they've completely inverted that, I'd say, and they've now become much more attacking focused. And that's why I, say, I think the parallels there with the type of rugby that Bristol try and play, an offloading game, keep ball. Um, you know, hence why they've scored so many tries, hence why they've currently got the, you know, the highest points difference in the league. So um, I think, yeah, what you're likely to see is a team that plays with a lot of ambition in all conditions. I mean, the game against Lyon that we we alluded to, they scored some absolutely stunning tries in that game and, and were willing to attack from within their 22 regularly. And it was pretty torrid conditions. It was freezing. It was hammering it down. So come what may, and hopefully it stays dry for the weekend. But I think that they won't be deterred by the conditions. And I mean, you mentioned that it's a it's a gorgeous place to go play at Ashton Gate as well. So we could be in for some fireworks. Yeah, and we're going to go into the game with a little bit of confidence after our uh, after our gritty win at, at Sale. So yeah, no, it sounds great. I mean, that is a is a fantastic um, summary for us. I mean, as I said, it's it's the first time we've played a south african club side in a, in a competition so um you know i really really appreciate that and uh and hopefully it's going to be a really really good game it's, if, if both teams turn up it sounds like it there could be a few metaphorical and if we're lucky literal fireworks at ashton gate on saturday well look i really really appreciate you giving up your time it's been great you now have been uh promoted to our regular south african uh expert so if we need to talk to you again i hope you'd uh you'd be willing to come on and chat to us if we if we play another south african side in the future absolutely yeah thanks so much for having me on it's been brilliant brilliant chatting well there you go i mean it didn't sound very south african but i think he got a bit more south african but as he did point out to me that he was born in south africa and moved over to to london when he was a i think when he was a kind of teenager he he works in the city now but he's a he's an he's a big bulls fan he's a he's a he's a He's a fan of rugby, and I, he spoke very, very well, boys. And not only did he t- give us quite a lot of info about the Bulls, their history, but he also gave us a bit of geography. He did, um, he yeah, also which you always love. Which I love, yeah. and he mentioned the word capital city, or the phrase capital city, which I love. Um, and also he, he, he kind of made that connection, which I had no idea about, is the fact that the, the Bulls have kind of rebranded a little bit, like Bristol Bears did, and, and Pat Lamb is very much in the mould of Jake White, or Jake yeah. White is in the mould of Pat mm. Lamb. And, and in many ways, he, his implication was that they are g- going to come and play rugby. Yeah. Um, they don't necessarily travel, although they did only lose to Leon by one point. Yeah, the last yeah, one. Yeah. They also haven't played since the 23rd of December. So, uh, yeah, and they're, they're riding, you know, reasonably high in the in the pool. They I think they beat Saracens quite heavily. Yeah. They lost to Leon away. They're coming to Bristol. I mean, I do wonder whether the weather's going to play it because <laughs> I, you know, so. I mean, if we've 30 got degrees this, in Pretoria, maybe yeah, one this, in Bristol, we've got this cold snap, and I'm thinking we need this cold snap <laughs> to like last a little bit this, longer. This cold snap is is our kind of uh, 
altitude. Yeah, yeah. I mean they play. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that's what he said. They they've got like an unbeaten home record because they play at Loft, you know Loftus Versfeld. They're they're it's an altitude place. Yeah, a bit like the Bolivian football team never lose. <laughs> yeah, they, they, true. They never they lose home. Never lose at home because they're so high. So you know. The way he talks, I don't know about you boys, I mean, we felt as though the Champions Cup is a bit of a shot to nothing. Yeah, we, we know do. we shouldn't really be in it. We played well against Lyon, albeit mm. nearly lost it. We sent a good side, young side out to Bordeaux, acquitted themselves well. We know we've got the kind of Joe Joyce derby coming up at Connaught away. Yeah. I feel, I don't you know, know about we, you. Yeah, we did beat Lyon. You know? Yeah, we did beat yeah, Lyon, yeah, but yeah, we, yeah. We, we almost lost it. Yeah, we almost lost it. What I'm saying is we, we kind of nearly threw it away, yeah. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know about you, but I'm I'm going. I'm taking the club have done a buy one get one free on a season ticket, which slightly annoys me because that's like devaluing our season Can ticket. Can I be Miles's plus one? It's too late. Now. Duchess is coming. Oh. It's to Duchess, and I've given it to my, my missus is coming and my kids. I'll have to. So, so, there's plenty of season tickets, so we'll have three well, tickets. I'll have to tap up to that, They're saying that sixteen thousand already sold, and I'm mean, sure that they take into account season 000. tickets. So. I was a bit negative. I thought there wouldn't be that many people, but it does sound like there's going to be mm. a few people there. I don't know about you boys, but I, I, I feel like I'm. this is something I'm not too worried. I'm just going to go and enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. I think it was going to be a really entertaining yeah. game because I think they will come and play and I think we will yeah. play. And I think if you've got two teams with, you know, it's an, uh, yeah. attack and ambitions, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's going to bode well I for... I think you're right. I mean, I listened to the uh, interview with uh, this morning on the way to work and... Um, Got to work slightly a little bit more worried about the team they might send, really. I mean, I did watch the Leon Bulls game, and I think, as suggested, there was some second-string team. And they came, what, one point from winning? Yeah. Some quality operators. Their number 10 was phenomenal. Um, and I think they're not going to hold back, really, on sending probably a very strong team here. Um, and, yeah, yeah, they've got some the likes of Willie LaRue and the, and the guys... As suggested, uh, so um, yeah, yeah it's going to be it's going to be a tough gig. They're going to be, I think, a quality side. They, were, from what I saw against Lee, on a really good running side, very attacking, and the huge Saffers. So yeah, we we can't hold back on sending a sort of slightly well, sending out on Saturday a weakened team. We've got a we've got to aim to get the home win, haven't we? Yeah. Have any chance yes. of progressing in this in this pool? Yeah, I mean, I think I think again, it, there is a kind of it's the net, it's the home game after that extra home game. I think there's going to be some sort of yeah. s- subconscious or conscious pressure for us to put on oh, a bit of a show. Yeah, um, and I think it's a shot to nothing. I think if we win gloriously, it'd be great. If we lose gloriously, it'll still I'm not, be great. It'll yeah. still be great. Yeah. And I think we give it a go. And I think the likes of, you know, Yancey van Rensburg, Bernard's going to be looking forward to it because he's going to have some mullet brothers in arms, isn't <laughs> yeah. he? He's, yeah. he's going to yeah. feel, he's probably feeling a little bit out of it. You know, they're trying to help him a little bit with his with his barnet, but no one's getting close to his sort of mullet. Oh, no. um, yeah, and I think, you know, I think the likes of Jimmy <laughs> Williams, this is the sort of game you want to throw some people like Joe Owen again. Give some of the, you know, yeah. championship players like Jimmy Williams, give them the chance to play against yeah, stick him in there. You know, Noah Huard, I think, you know, he had half a game, he didn't do much in the second half. He's a quality. I just think I'm looking forward to this. I'm really, it's a Saturday afternoon. I know it's not great for everyone because there's people that play rugby, but I think it's going to be a great day down the gate. I don't know whether they have the old Saffa barbecues on, the old braise on the there braise, again. Yeah. But we'll see. Oh. we'll see, but we'll find out. So I don't think... I mean, no, I'm, ha- no half and half scarves, Mark. No. We don't want do any of that, do we? I might even pop down. You could just come out and get in on the door. 
Yeah. Why not? Why I, might, not I, might, I might see Coochie and see yeah. if I can get in. Yeah, go on. Where do you live? Oh, or someone out there might even have, have, might might have, have their a, coupon a, a for the ticket uh, they give you. Yeah, because yeah. I'm even to you. Because we forgot about I'm, you. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, I'm, thanks. Yeah. I'm working in the morning, so yeah, I think I've got a, a free. Well, free free for the afternoon. Well, look, boys, I don't think there's much more we say about uh, this. There's no point speculating on the team. We just want a good team, whoever yeah. it is, to go out, play well, and yeah. give us something to cheer about. Exactly. Okay. So, um, I don't want to... Let's go on, because we want to try and keep this uh, keep this under the hour. Um, there are a couple of other things on the agenda. Um, first things first, we talked about a signing last week, Big Bill Matter. We did, yes. been a bit of, bit of chit-chat over. Some people think it's good. Some, of, some people think it might be we're buying someone over the hill. I think time will tell. Yeah. But, uh, just um, before, Wait a minute. Oh. We did say, though, last week, yeah. we weren't knocking the signings. No, 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 no. no, 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 no we, we, we were only just suggesting that maybe it was a... A shortest we view, a shortism short term, view, yeah. short term. And yeah. actually, our friend Mark Johnson, who said the offside line, oh, no, he got Johnson, right on our case. He came on our case and said, <laughs> I saw him in the quarter final against England in yeah. the World Cup, and he was, was a awesome. unit. And yeah. I was like, okay, that's we, weren't, fair we, play. we weren't denying that, were we? We were just suggesting yeah. that maybe 32 years old. 32. But then he came back again, he did. and he did say, that's yeah. the best story to well, well, you know, and if it's we'd all been going on about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and actually, an Edinburgh fan also came on and I said, they're gutted, they're gutted he's going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, just before we recorded tonight, another signing we came did. up, um, and it turns out to be the younger brother of Santiago, Santiago. Grondona, who unfortunately had the ACL, it's Benjamin. Yes. Well, I'm not sure Benjamin is a really... Good rugby name, but you know it is. It is what it is. Apparently, don't I've never heard. Of, I didn't know anything about him. He's an Argentinian under twenty. He looks like a unit. He looks like Luke. He's the Luke Littler of rugby. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. nineteen, but looks yeah. about thirty. Less kind of uh, but, a bit, but a bit more ripped. Yeah. 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 Potential though, and this yeah. this wow. is what we were talking about last yeah. week. Yes, about signing players for the future. Exactly, and, and I think this is one that actually, with the eye to the future, but someone who could. Potentially come in 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 the not too distant future. Yeah, I think as he's well. young. He's under twenties at the moment, isn't he? So yeah. you're right. This has got longevity. This signing hasn't it? I, I think it's great. Yeah, I, and I think I'm, I'm now starting to think because contracts are up, COVID contracts yeah. are up. You know, maybe this is we're setting up for a bit of uh-huh. a. A change of guard yeah. after well, next season. We don't really mention well, any of the No, we really did wonder, no. like, if Matter's coming in, we wondered who was going out, and yeah. now we've got another back row who can play on the flank. I mean, there's two things. More questions it? to be asked. I think probably it means Big Stevie, F- Captain Fantastic, may well be at the end of his. his yeah, time. Which, yeah, which yeah, would be. Yeah, what I, a servant, what a legend. And I also think it's just there's such a high attrition rate in the back row in terms of injuries, it's such a hard position mm. that maybe we're just bulking up for the. I mean, just start thinking about it. The two Grandona brothers mm. playing in the back row. Big Bill Matter, Fitz Harding. You know, we, we you get excited. You James do. Dunn, you know, back yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it also, we haven't mentioned this, but it kind of also suggests that's, which we suspect, but that is curtains for Chris Bowie as well. We, we haven't yes. heard anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's we, yeah, I think we now just have to assume whatever has happened, he is a goner out of the club, which is a real shame. And I, I hope at some point... Something is said so that we even have a chance to, you know, to to to, I mean, to, we are to still show our speculating, aren't we? But yeah, but I mean, it, boys. I mean, we haven't heard anything. It does suggest it's something. Does. Something. Anyway, 
So two signings, you know, it's yeah, always good. Great. Um, and then a couple of other things before we finish. We should mention the Bears women. Um, they haven't played for a while. I think, unfortunately, they've had a bit of a mixed season. They We, we went to see them against Gloucester Harper. We did, yeah. They, they, you know, they're, they're so good. They named themselves twice. Um, they were out-muscled and didn't quite have the cutting edge. They also lost to Chiefs quite badly and they also lost to Saracens, which yeah, basically are probably the, the top of the three top clubs three. better than them. It's a derailing, but yeah. it's, um, Dan Ward said today, hasn't he? Dave, there's, Dave, Dave Ward, Ward yeah. sorry. Um, there's room for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, we've, we've got to think, you know, as long as we stay in that top four at the end of the season, yeah. when we get to the business end... He did the old cliche, no championships are won in December and January. Uh, so exactly. Yeah. Which we'll I like. Well, yeah, you're right, we'll play those same three teams again in a playoffs, well, not all yeah. three obviously, and we'll know what to do differently. So yeah. you'd hope the games are like a lot said, closer. Like we said last week, against Saris, the girl you know, the women well, were doing well up to about 55, yeah. 60 minutes. Better so. to take your beatings now. Yeah. yeah. And then learn from them. And, and we also mentioned the fact that even though we've got some big international presence in the front five, you know, we we got we can't underestimate the time it does take time for for, for to players to bed players in and integrate. Yeah. So I think I think three wins out of six, they're at halfway through the season. Currently, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm hoping. I mean, they got Leicester away this Saturday, who aren't you know should be there for the taking. They're mm-hmm. still building as a women's team. Yeah. Um, and then I think they've got. Uh, another, I can't remember. I was looking at the fixtures. I think they got another winnable one after that. Mm-hmm. I think they may have Quinns actually at Shaftesbury Park um, on the Saturday after Connacht, which we might go to Miles. You reckon Saturday afternoon Shaftesbury yeah, Park? Yeah, we, we, we know we're, we're big. We've been there. The yeah. Anyway, so the point is, I think if they can get two good wins under the belt, mm. get a bit of confidence going, and then when they start come up against. The Chiefs and so forth. We may see, uh, yeah. well, we may see some end of season, as you said. The business end is when it all matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, boys, but one last thing. We've kind of been promoting this a little bit on oh, social media, yeah, yeah. But uh, we have been nominated mm-hmm. as um, in the 2024 Sports Podcast Awards um, as one of the ten shortlist. Not quite sure <laughs> where does a shortlist become a long list. But anyway, we are, we are one of ten rugby podcasts that have been that are on that are finalists. Um, that were picked by industry experts and this was something I told yeah, you boys yeah, about before yeah, Christmas we did. I did have to submit a whole application form yeah. the good thing is because we were independent we didn't pay yeah. some of the other big boys like there's ITV World Cup podcast there's Big Jim and Hamilton Andy Goods the rugby, the rugby part, part. Yeah. there's it's, the good the scars and the ugly the women's one it's They're fair to say pods. we're the underdogs of, yeah. of this we're the we? underdogs we're the underbears yeah, but, but, um, but we're fighting but you know we're, we're in there fighting we're punching above our weight and uh, we've already started putting a few socials out getting people to vote for us I mean I've no idea how the voting system works because it seems a bit unfair that if you don't have a million followers yeah, <laughs> it's going to be quite right difficult to get a million votes <laughs> but I like to think there is some sort of pro routering but we can only do what we can do so for those people that haven't voted so far, I mean, all the details will be in the bio of the, the pod. And please, please, if you fancy giving us a bit of support, click through. I think you do have to leave your email address, to be fair. Yeah, there, is a, one of there is a bit of faffing around. I'm sure you can unsubscribe you cannot, straight You can away. opt out immediately. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, so don't worry. So, so we'd really appreciate it. It was just something that was a bit of fun. But now we're in it, boys. We're in it. Yeah, I want to win it. We need to win it. Yeah. I need to win it. And, and 
we're presenting, you know, we're representing Bristol Bears, aren't yeah, we? And let's face you know. it. I mean, since the the champ the, the Challenge Cup, we haven't looked like winning any any silverware no. have we? <laughs> anywhere across 20, the twenty twenty four could I mean, be the season. Actually, I think to be fair, the, the Ashton Gate gets some sort of green credential cup I for like so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you know, we're part of the we're part of the wider the community, the wider family beyond the gate. So you know, so if you, anyway, what I'm saying, if you haven't done it so far, yeah, look find look at the link in whatever podcast podcast platform we've got, and and we'd really really appreciate we would a vote. But on that note, I think let's leave it leave it positive. Um, I think we're just about going to come in under the hour when I add in those uh, those bits and bobs. So great chat, boys. I think we're planning to be back to our normal routine Sunday yeah. evening. So the pods are coming thick and fast from Bears Beyond the Gate. Um, but hopefully everyone will in, you know, keep warm in this, this weather. Um, if you're going to be down the ground on Saturday at the game, if you see us, come and say hello. But otherwise, stay safe and up the bears.